Welcome back, guys. We're here on the Coin Empire podcast. Again, we are joined here with Wes Turner, a.k.a. Turner, and Wes Mole, a.k.a. Wes. Um, so this week, our topic is going to be collecting and investing. Uh, so the first question is, um, what is the difference between, or can you explain the difference between collectors and investors when it comes to coins? Um, so I'd say... I'd start off and say there are differences, but they kind of go hand in hand as well. So it's, I don't think it's one or the other. Um, and what are the pros and cons to each? I mean, I forgot that part. Sure. Yeah. Um, the way I see it, a, an investor is looking to buy, well, in our, our industry, looking to buy product in hopes that it will gain value in the future. Okay. And that's really their main objective is to uh, buy something at X and one day sell it at Y and make the profit. Um, and collectors are really people who are in love with, let's say, the hobby. Um, maybe they grew up with their parents or their dad or their mom collecting coins and they just never lost the passion. So they're out there buying coins for their collection. Um, a lot of times money is not the object. It's the, the thrill of the chase, you know, finding that coin filling the hole. So in my mind, just the simple answer is, you know, one is out strictly to make money, which would be the investor. The collector is doing for the love of the hobby. That's, I don't know if that's yeah. a good exactly. answer or not, but that's how I would, that's how I would explain it. Yeah, I like to actually have a passion for it um, instead of just stacking it to, you know, eventually make X amount of dollars because inflation and such. Uh, yeah. So do you think uh, co there are certain coins that collectors usually buy and then other coins that you know mostly investors buy um yes yeah yes to both i mean i think <laughs> yeah. uh inevitably collectors not that they meant to invest in a coin and make a bunch of money on it but it happens you know you you know you bought a rare coin back in 1950 it's obviously it's more than likely it's increased in value since then um but i would say investors look for I say items that are more related to the price of uh, gold, silver, and platinum because it's a commodity. Uh, and the uh, collectors are buying, you know, maybe they're, they're buying rare coins, but, you know, it doesn't necessarily go up year to year or it's not relative to the price of gold or silver. So I would say investors probably would stick more with like the bullion side of things, which is gold, silver bars and things like that. But I mean, I feel like collecting could eventually turn into investing if like people offload it after it's worth a lot more or they maybe don't want, know what they have and eventually like sell it or whatever sure. but like investing is more upfront forward to make money correct yeah. or they inherit it you know like sure. it starts yeah. out as a collector and then they pass away and then their children inherit it and then they become investors hmm. have yeah. you seen that a lot um uh i would say yeah we do see that i would say most of the time um the children or whoever inherited it, it's a huge windfall for them. You know, uh, they don't have the passion to continue doing it. So they want to either, they'll give it away to the rest of the family. If nobody else wants it, they'll sell it. And most of the time they don't really realize, uh, and this is again, depending on what their grandparents or fathers collected or whatever, right. they don't realize what they have. And it usually ends up being a lot more money than what they would have expected. So, mm. um, you know, it's, I don't know. It's it's a good investment if you inherit it. How about that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, kind of bouncing off of that is like, 
how, like, how, what's your kind of mindset on like a fluctuating market? Because obviously the commodity market is up and down every single day, kind of like a stock market or something like that. Um, what's kind of your maybe philosophy or strategy on on like staying cool under pressure and not freaking out when like things don't go your way? Maybe. Um, well, for us uh, and for me personally, um, it, I'll just start off saying we lose money on on items. Sure, you know. Every week we lose money on something, but we make money on things too. So I look at it as an average. Um, a lot of times what we have to do is we, we go out and we'll buy something and the market moves the wrong direction. We buy more of it at the lower price, cost average down. Um, when I was younger in my career, I would always let that bother me. Like I wouldn't sleep at night because I would lose money on something. Yeah. And, you know, the older I got, I just realized that it's part of it. Um, again, if you're batting five or 600, you're winning, right. you know, right, if, right, right. Uh, if, if you're less than that, you're losing. Right. So right. It's uh, I learned not to panic. Uh, and a lot of times when you don't panic, uh, the market moves back in your favor. So for yeah. sure. And like, I feel like with that style of market and like, I, I don't know a lot about currency, but I, I'm decent with the stock market and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And it's like, it is a long term investment and sure. it typically pays long term dividends. Sure. So I think a lot of people like, it goes down, and they're like, "I gotta just sell and cut my losses." And it's like, that's probably not the play. Yeah, that's, like, it's rookie. I mean, and I, and I, that I think that that's a when you're young, you're looking at every penny like day to day. And I think long term, you can't think of it. You can't look at it every single day. Sure. Not to say you shouldn't keep an eye on it, right. but um, I think if you're in it for the long term, you stay calm. You if you can buy more when it goes down, you buy more. Unless it's crypto. That too. Yeah. <laughs> then you just sell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so do you do you wake up every morning and check the uh, the numbers on how much silver is or gold? Um, yeah, that's like yeah. a daily thing. Yeah. Like as soon as I wake, I wake up, up you know, yeah. I go to the bathroom, yeah. brush my teeth, and as I'm doing that, I'm checking the <laughs> yeah. spot prices just to yeah. be like, I don't even okay, do what are we dealing with today? So. Yeah. So uh, I know earlier this year in 2021, silver got up to twenty eight dollars, mm-hmm. and then now it's back down to twenty two dollars, and there is quite a few uh coin dealers out there including my dad who like to predict what sure. what the market was going to do mm-hmm. um do you feel like you've gone to that point where you feel like you can predict <laughs> the market uh the crystal ball we have is still from 1998 <laughs> yeah. so well, it's not up to date yet. a lot of the times things yeah. like this you know they come in uh like cycles yeah, so trends. history shows yeah. a lot of stock markets, they go up and they go down depending on, you know, what's going on in the world. And so I, I think that's, you know, once you live a long time, like my dad, you know, he got to 70. So he had seen a lot. He had seen the market go up and down. Sure. So he felt like he could predict what was going to happen. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like usually in during periods of like economic growth, like the job reports really good and everything like that, people will have more faith in the market. So that tends to you know, push back on gold and silver and it drifts down a little bit. But like last year during the pandemic, we saw the highest gold price ever. And why do you think that is? Because, I mean, you know, there was a lot of, you know, stuff going on with uh, like the market was just, I can't even. Like people were nervous? Yeah, fear-based, like fear-based, like people didn't really have a lot of faith in the government and didn't have a lot of faith in the stock market and stuff like that so it drove people to precious metals to like have something physical they could attach to like yeah. and have their money in so did you see more collectors come out because i know we did we had a lot of people who were stuck at home 
doing nothing, who needed something to do. So we had a lot more collectors, like, you know, getting bags of unsearched pennies mm -hmm. or, like, other things that they could do with their families at home. Yeah. Did you have a lot of that? Yeah, I mean, what I saw in the market was it was... Uh... It was good for people who were trying to buy gold and silver because they were scared, and it was good for collectible coins. I mean, probably one of the best markets for both that I've that I've seen since I've actually been in the business. Uh, and a lot of it, like you said, was people were at home; they couldn't go out, so they would buy coins or they would buy bags of pennies, you know. And it was just something they could buy online, and because you couldn't go out, you know, I mean, yeah. it was just you needed to stay home, and so people were bored and they had money to spend, <laughs> sure. you know, between stimulus and whatever else they had, they needed something to do, so. Yeah, I would say that, especially even now, both of those, both sides, collectibles and, you know, strictly gold and silver for investment are probably the hottest I've ever seen. I feel like that's that's interesting because it's, it's almost the opposite of what you would think. It's like when things are doing well, people invest in the stock market. And when things are not doing well, it's like it flips to like more like hard commodities. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that like the commodity market is as stable as maybe some people think? Or um, why do you think it's not as volatile as maybe like the stock market? Uh, I mean, I think it's, I guess it really depends on what you consider stable. So sure. like, you know, we, you mentioned something like crypto a while ago. Right. You know, if you deal in that, you know, that is like night and day to the stock market or to right. the commodities. I mean, you can move 30% in an hour. Um, so, I, I mean, I would say that, you know, a 10% swing in the commodities in one day is a huge swing. And I mean, most of the time you're looking at two and 3% max, not to say that it doesn't do that every once in a while, but, sure. um, I would say it's pretty stable. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, again, <laughs> it depends on what you consider stable, <laughs> sure. you know, but yeah, I would say, I mean, you, it's predictable to an extent, so you can, um, switching gears a little bit for the last question. Um, how do you decide, like, what's, what are the few of the factors that go into deciding, like, the value or the price of, like, a coin, like, appraising? Um, I would say probably first thing uh, is that, we, that we look at, especially if somebody comes in with a collection, uh, we automatically separate anything that's silver, gold, precious metals, apart from the stuff that's copper, nickel, and things like that. Uh, and then... You know, obviously the silver and the gold are going to have a value because of their metal content. Sure. But then we, we go through and we look for better dates on both sides. And, uh, you know, we have the, uh, the gray sheet, which is the coin dealer newsletter we use. And then we just, we go through and we look, you know, check the conditions, you know, and kind of base all the pricing after all that's assessed. So Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I have another question, I guess. So going back to predictions. So... If you had a prediction for 2022, <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? Uh, a lot of the people that come in seem to think we're going to hit $50 silver. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, it, so they're, they're trying to buy silver now yeah. because they think it's going to get up to 50 Yeah, like the past two years, we've seen a lot of people moving all of their money out of their like 401ks and stuff like that into gold and silver because they're just kind of scared about what's happening with, with the world. But, uh, yeah, it's it's been an interesting time. Yeah. Well, what do you think about, you know, a lot of people, especially the younger generation, say, you know, in 20, 30 years, gold and silver won't really be a thing anymore. It'll be all cryptocurrency. We won't have actual paper money. It'll just be plastic credit cards and uh, stuff like that. Uh, what, 
Do you think that... Uh, I think that's... Uh, I mean, listen, I feel like people have been saying that for the last hundred years. You know, we sure. moved away from the gold and the silver standard. Uh, and it's higher than it ever is, or has been. Both gold, silver, platinum, all that. So I think there's a lot of naysayers. But I think that, you know, it's been worth something since as long as we've been recording history and I don't think it's going to end anytime yeah. soon. Well, even if it does, like then that makes the physical coins even more valuable because they're not going to be if they're not producing anymore. Yeah. Then the value of them. I mean, we have, right. you know, some currency here that's from the 1800s mm-hmm. that are still in pristine condition, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. They've been intact for, you know, 200 years. Yeah. And um like those are more valuable. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. regardless of, you know, uh, really more regardless of the condition like the older that those things are like they're you know they don't make those anymore that's true so yeah. uh yeah. so you know for me i'm like yeah bring it on like let's get her let's let's not have any <laughs> yeah, uh, money it. in the in the <laughs> circulation right, right. like because that'll make what we have even more valuable sure huh? yeah i mean i think as long as the, the hobby stays healthy and there's collectors um i mean i think the sky's the limit there's going to be people wanting to buy that stuff and there's only a finite amount so so what would you say to a, a young collector? A young collector? A young collector starting out. Like, where do you think they would uh, start? I think most people start out with, like, pennies and stuff like that. It's something easy, easy you can afford. And, you know, you just work your way up. You know, just start buying. You know, you can go into 90% dimes, 90% quarters, and, like, just work your way up into it. And it can be a really good hobby to have and you can make some money while doing it it turns into an investment i mean at the same time so sure so do you i'm sorry go ahead luke um going off of that as far as like as long as like collectors stay alive like i think that the commodities aren't going anywhere um do you think that most of the people collecting are older we'll say like 60 plus or you think like younger people are kind of getting more into it or as far as like what's that trend in, in your opinion uh, I think, so if you'd asked me seven years ago, I would have said it's mostly older generation. Uh, I've seen a shift in the last two to three years. Um, I would almost, I would venture to say it's probably close to half and half at this point. There's a, there's been an influx of uh, younger investors and collectors the last three or four years, like more than I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's almost like it's a, uh, a renaissance for the commodities. I mean, all of a sudden these people realize, oh, you can go out and buy gold and so I can hold it. Sure. You know, I don't just have to buy it on paper. So a lot of people are coming in now. And we have a lot of a lot of young guys spending a lot of money with us. Mm-hmm. Uh and and they're they're thrilled to be able to get it. And it's like they tell their friends and it's just it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's really it's been interesting and it's made our business really good. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. definitely like surprising. Like my dad's got some silver, and he's kind of been into it a little bit here and there. He's like mid fifties, yeah. but um, I guess from like the people that we kind of deal with, the vibe seems like it's it's mostly older people. But um, yeah. obviously we don't like see the customers. Right. Well, I mean, and I say younger people. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'll be thirty nine next week, and sure, you know, I could still consider myself to no, be in the thirties. But yeah, I mean, yeah, listen, sure. most of our yeah. customers, I would say twenty five to fifty. Yeah. Which I could still consider the, you know, no, for sure. Kind of the first, not oh, mid yeah. stages yeah. of life, yeah. you know. Yeah, but I mean, so. you go to a coin show and the average age there, though, is yeah. probably. Uh, probably. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I would say that the dealers at the coin, yeah. you would average over 60 for the average okay. age of the dealers. Okay. So 
if you walked into a coin show and you saw these guys, you would think, yeah, it's only for old people. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are there are younger uh, generations that are getting in on this. Well, what I've noticed is a lot of the younger generation, they're the ones who buy off the east e-commerce websites. True. Sure. Mm-hmm. The older generation are the ones who want to call and talk to you for an hour. Yes. And yeah. Uh, yeah. but you know what? At the end of that conversation, they might spend a few thousand dollars with sure. you. Yeah. So yeah. it's like you. I know my dad would do that a lot. He would stay on the phone for hours with people. Oh yeah. And one, they really appreciated it because they. Wanted to talk to someone, and they wanted to talk to someone who knew what they were talking about. They wanted to feel like it was an experience. Sure. Whereas, like the younger people, they just want to go on there, click the button, yeah. buy it, get it in the mail two days later. Yeah. And and that's it. I think that's part of yeah. kind of the antisocial thing where you don't have to talk to anybody. You can go on and buy it. Sure. Now, I will say there are some young yeah. guys, people, and it's more the collector side that they want to come in and talk to somebody like me or Turner. Uh, just to get a feel for something. If they have a question, they can ask us. So, mm. you know, we're there to provide that for them too. Um, you know, so I, I see both sides of it. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, awesome. We'll see you next week.